0: Chapter 30 of John Dean of Nottingham Historic Adventures by Land and Sea. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Dion Johns, Salt Lake City, Utah. John Dean of Nottingham Historic Adventures by Land and Sea by William Henry Giles Kingston. Chapter 30 imprisonment in the pirates island the lovers meeting notwithstanding the fears of the prisoners the pirates seemed to have no intention of starving them for in a short time a man came to the hut with an ample supply of cooked meat and a basket containing several bottles of wine there mates he said our captain sent you these things and advises you to think over the matter our chief mate spoke to you about the other day. You will judge how we fare ourselves by the way we treat you. As there was food enough to last for some time, they naturally expected they should not receive another visit during the day. As soon, therefore, as they had satisfied their hunger, Burridge continued his examination of the roof and found, by removing the bamboo rafters, he could, without difficulty, force his way out through it. He proposed, therefore, as soon as it was dark, to get out and find his way down to the shore, as, in all probability, the island being but small, he could do so without difficulty. He thought, then, that if a boat or a small vessel could be found, they might all manage to get on board and make their escape without being discovered. You see, he observed, all is fish which comes to the nets of these gentlemen and they will take small craft as well as large vessels they are very likely to have captured a small schooner or sloop and to have brought her into the harbour they are certain also if they have done so not to keep any strict watch over her and if we bide our time we shall find a way of getting on board without interruption i have heard of the doings of these gentry and depend upon it some night they will be having a carouse when no one will be on the lookout these remarks of the honest boatswain raised the spirits of his companions and they determined at all risks to take advantage of the opportunity should it occur the midshipman proposed that the whole party should go together but this jack overruled considering that should anybody come to the hut and find it empty search would be made for them, whereas, by only one being absent, discovery was less likely. As soon, therefore, as it was dark, Burridge made his way through the roof, and they heard him drop gently to the ground on the other side of the hut. He immediately afterwards came round to the window. All right, sir, he said, I saw the glimmer of the water when I was on top of the hut, and I shall easily find my way to it. The pirates are carousing down by the huts on the shore, for I heard their voices singing and shouting, so I shall have a good chance of not being found out. Saying this, Burridge glided away through the coconut grove by which the village was surrounded. His companions waited anxiously for his return. If he is taken, I have a fancy they would not hesitate to send a pistol bullet through his head, said Hawk, "'I wish that I could have gone with him, Mr. Dean. "'You would only have shared his fate, "'and so have gained nothing, "'and done him no good,' answered Jack. "'Let us wait patiently. "'He has his wits about him, "'and he will take good care not to be caught.' Two or three hours passed by, "'and still Burridge did not make his appearance. "'His companions grew more and more anxious, "'both on his account and on their own. "'If he was taken their prospect of escape would be much lessened in jack's mind also a new difficulty had arisen even supposing that the opportunity should occur of escaping he could not bring himself to leave the island without ascertaining whether dame pearson and elizabeth were residing on it before therefore he could go he must settle this point one almost as difficult as that of escaping at length a voice was heard under the window all right said burridge in a whisper i'll tell you all about it as soon as i'm safe in sight again he soon made his way up to the top of the hut and getting through the hole replaced the thatch and bamboo rafters before he jumped down to the ground i was right he said and made my way down to the harbour it is further off though than i supposed and i heard people moving about so i had to be cautious and more than all they have two or three of those spanish bloodhounds with them and it's a wonder the beasts did not find me out and if they had come across my track they would have done so to a certainty however i got down to the shore safe i counted six or seven vessels in the harbour besides two or three small ones and several boats hauled up on the beach so far as a craft is concerned we have only to pick and choose then comes the difficulty of getting on board and finding our way out of the harbour if we had been on deck when we came in we might have done that more easily but to get out at night without knowing the passage will be a hard job indeed however it must be done by some means or other it was agreed at last that they must wait for a moonlight night when by sounding with a boat they might hope to get the vessel in which they finally expected to make their escape safe through the passage it would also be necessary that the pirates should be indulging in a carouse and be off the watch and that the wind should blow down the harbour every time the men who brought them their provisions came jack sent a message to the captain begging that they might be released and allowed to wander at their will throughout the island Several days had passed, however, and no answer had been returned. Dean possessed an iron frame, but the anxiety which he endured began to tell greatly upon him, and for the first time in his life he felt that he was becoming seriously ill. The thought occurred to him that it might be the yellow fever. Every day he grew worse and worse, his head ached, his limbs were full of pains, still he kept up his spirits as well as he could and he and his companions continued to entertain hopes of escaping one night Burridge returned from his usual expedition in high spirits he had important information to give while wandering along the shore he came suddenly upon a person seated on a rock apparently watching the harbour as he had been at first he felt very nervous about approaching the man doubting who he could be still it struck him that it was not likely to be one of the pirates he therefore cautiously approached him and in a low voice asked him who he was you may suppose sir said burridge when he gave me the account my heart did leap with joy when i found that he was an old shipmate the pilot of a vessel i once sailed in and what was more curious he has been thinking of the same thing that we have and hoping to make his escape in the same manner he tells me that he has two companions on the island who are kept at work by the pirates as slaves but that he has had an opportunity of speaking to them and that they are ready to help him make off with a vessel if i had not known him i should have been afraid of treachery but he is a true man and we need have no fear on that score there will be moon enough for our purpose about five days hence and i've arranged that we should all meet him at the spot where i found him at midnight at that time this information raised jack's spirits which had become very low in consequence of his illness the effect however was only temporary for the following day he became worse and his companions began to fear that he would be taken from them their daily visitor as it happened remained in the hut longer than usual and had thus an opportunity of observing how ill dean looked the midshipman and burridge also told him that they were afraid their officer would die if he had not some help true enough master said the man i will tell our captain and perhaps he will do something for him we have no objection to killing men in fair fight but it is not our way to put them out of the world by clapping them into prisons as they do in some countries saying this the man took his departure promising to inform his captain of dean's state of health whatever happens to me said dean to his companions you must endeavor to make your escape according to the present arrangement if you can find your way to jamaica you will be able to tell the authorities whereabouts this island is situated and they will then probably send a man-of-war to bargain with the pirates for my release or if they do not do that to get me off by force about an hour after their first visitor had left them footsteps were heard approaching the door it opened and jack as he lifted his head from the bed of straw on which he lay in one corner saw standing before him his old acquaintance pearson they tell me you have fallen sick he said and want a doctor now i'm none myself and there's no one i can send here to cure you but as i don't want you to suppose that we are entire barbarians if you wish it i will have you taken to my house and there are some there who maybe will look after you and help cure you better than any doctor we can find in these parts under other circumstances dean would certainly have declined the offer which would have made his escape impossible but from the remarks made by the pirate captain he could not help hoping that the persons he spoke of might prove to be dame pearson and elizabeth he felt too that even should he wish to attempt escaping from his weakness he would be a great burden to his companions while he would run the risk of losing his own life he therefore replied that he was thankful for the offer made to him and gladly accepted it at this the captain summoned a couple of men who were waiting outside with a litter and lifting jack upon it without allowing him much time to bid farewell to his companions they carried him off the midshipmen were greatly afraid that he would exact a promise from them not to attempt to escape they were therefore greatly relieved when they saw him take his departure leaving them at liberty to act as they thought best they immediately consulted what should be done and agreed for his sake as well as their own that they should endeavor to make their way to port royal as soon as possible and dispatch an expedition to destroy the nest of pirates dean's bearers carried him along through the coconut grove for some distance then they came upon a cottage far superior in appearance to any of those he had before passed a garden in front bloomed with flowers and a wide veranda afforded shade to the rooms within dean's heart beat somewhat quicker than usual as he saw these and other signs of the presence of females here dame is a man who wants looking after it will be to your and fair Bessie's tastes and he will be grateful i doubt not he was brought in here some time since on board a prize and if it had not been for me he and his companions would have been food for sharks by this time jack heard these words spoken as his bearers reached the door of the cottage he had little difficulty in recognizing the voice of master pearson though perhaps had he not previously seen that individual he might not have done so pearson for some reason or other kept out of sight and dean found himself carried into a room and placed on a couch formed out of bamboos the room was however in other respects richly furnished with silk hangings and gold and silver ornaments of all descriptions quite out of character with the general appearance of the building dare massa you will do well said one of the negro bearers with a good-natured expression of countenance soon lily white lady come look after you i is tello you remember me massa i love englishmen jack was not left long alone scarcely had the negroes taken their departure when he heard footsteps approaching the door his heart beat quickly for he fully expected to see elizabeth pearson who he could not help persuading himself was an inhabitant of the island instead of elizabeth however an old lady entered the room followed by a black damsel he turned his eyes towards the former expecting to recognise the features of dame pearson at first he could scarcely believe that a few years could have made so great an alteration in her and he had to look twice before he was certain that she was the good dame who had treated him so kindly in the fens, sickness and anxiety having already worked a great change in her. Yet Dame Pearson was the person who had just entered the room, of that he was sure. "'I was told that an English officer is ill and requires aid,' she said. "'I therefore desired that he might be brought here. "'I will feel your pulse, sir, that I may judge what remedies to apply.' jack was not surprised that she did not recognize him and he thought it better not to make himself known to her at first he felt however great disappointment at the non-appearance of elizabeth still till he had told dame pearson who he was he could not ask after her from what the negro said however he still hoped that she might be in the house the dame after consulting with her attendant retired again saying that she would prepare such remedies as were most likely to benefit him. He thanked her, begging that they might be applied soon, for he felt so ill that, stout of heart as he was, he could not help at times believing that he should not recover. We will do our best for you, but the issue is in the hands of God, answered the dame calmly. However, in the meantime I will send my daughter, that she may read to you from his word thence you will obtain more comfort than man can bestow saying this she left the room jack's eyes kept continually turned towards the door and in another minute it opened and a fair girl entered the room she was taller however and of larger proportions than the little elizabeth he had so often thought of she carried a bible in her hand and taking a seat at a short distance from him scarcely giving him more than a slight glance opened the book you will undoubtedly draw comfort as we have done sir from god's blessed word i will therefore read to you from the psalms of david who was a man tried and afflicted she commenced reading in a low gentle voice jack could with difficulty refrain from making himself known for he at once recognized that sweet voice which he had known so well. She read on for some short time and then turned to passages in other parts of the book, which she thought calculated to bring comfort to one in sickness and distress. Jack at length could restrain himself no longer. Elizabeth, he exclaimed, Elizabeth de Mertens, do you not know me? She flew to his side and trembling took his hand, which he stretched out towards her. "'Who are you?' she exclaimed. "'Yes, yes, I know you, I know your voice. "'Jack Dean you are. "'Yes, you must be. "'But, oh, how did you come here? "'How do you know me, and that name by which you call me? "'I remember it well. "'It was my own name, though I had well-nigh forgotten it. "'Have you come to take me away from this dreadful place, "'and, oh, from that dreadful man, too?' yes indeed i am jack deane and often have i thought of you elizabeth he answered and it was in consequence of the ring you gave me that i discovered your name but sit down and i will tell you by degrees what has occurred if i was to give the history all at once i have so many things to say that i should bewilder you but i also want to learn about you how you came here and your adventures for it seems strange that you have been brought out to this lonely island to live among pirates and outlaws i am afraid you give them but their true name answered elizabeth but let me hear about yourself and those from whom you learnt my name jack could not speak without difficulty but he managed however to give elizabeth a brief account of himself entering more particularly into the way in which he had discovered her parents they were interrupted by the return of dame pearson and her black attendant hush said elizabeth say nothing now i will tell my mother when the girl is not present i fear she is not to be trusted the discovery jack had made instead of increasing his fever had a beneficial effect so it seemed as it restored his spirits in a way that nothing else would have done all his thoughts were now occupied in devising a scheme for carrying off Elizabeth from the island. So completely had the fever-deprived Jack of strength that for several days he was unable to rise from his couch, although, thanks to the kind and constant attention he received, he was gradually recovering. He was especially anxious all this time to hear from his companions, but Dame Pearson could give him no information, nor could Elizabeth although they believed that they still remained shut up in their prison. End of chapter 30